I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I Usually my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. There's a big elephant in the room. No, I'm not talking about you after you put on some COVID quarantine weight. There's some elephants in the room, multiple elephants, and we have to discuss these elephants tonight. Also, the Jeep Cherokee is wrong. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. I have a confession to make. You know I'm a bad person. This is not news to you. I, I tell you all the time, bad human being. I fully admit it. Sociopath, I get it. Don't look to me for guidance on these things. But somewhere deep down, 
there must be something of a conscience left? Not much. Most of it's just covered with Doritos, dust, and beer at this point, but there must be some bit of a conscience left because I have this guilt thing about the show. Not what we do on the show. We have a blast. Everybody knows that. What I don't do. I don't really ever talk about the debt, the national debt. Why? This is going to get even more uncomfortable. Because people don't care about it. They don't care about it. I, I care deeply about it. People do not. The chances that you actually care about the debt, but I've seen the number, I've seen the polls, number after number after number. It's it's low every time. You'll look at the issues people care about, and I mean there are important issues on there. You'll get taxes and immigration and abortion and, and all these other things. National debt's like 20th on the list. You gotta read the fine print to ever get to it. You don't care. People do not care. And it's not it's not your fault. The truth is, you, an American living in 2021, have never, ever, ever seen, seen bad results from our national debt. You've heard politicians talk about it. You've heard people on television like me talk about it occasionally. But you've never woken up one day and had to bring a wheelbarrow full of money down to the pharmacy to buy a bottle of water because your currency's destroyed. You just haven't had that. You haven't had banks shuddering across the nation. You've never experienced it. I've never experienced it. And things you've never experienced, I mean, you can only hear people talk about it for so long and you stop caring. People don't care about the national debt, so I never talk about the national debt. I'll bring it up here and there, but on a long enough timeline, it's all that matters. You know, you and I can convince ourselves, and I do this too, that we're living in some unique era. It's different. This has never happened before. Ah, it's a lie. There's nothing new under the sun. National debt is a problem, has been a problem for powerful nations throughout the history of mankind. Maybe we should open up a history book and see what happens when the bill comes due. The rot happens over time, and then at some point, somebody will step on your head right when you're barely struggling to keep your head above the surface of the water, and it ends nations. It ends nations. But my confession is, I don't talk about it because you don't care. I know you don't care. And the numbers are so big, you can't wrap your mind around it. I can't wrap my mind around it, even as huge and powerful as my brain is. You just can't. A million is really hard to wrap your mind around. Do you have a million dollars? I didn't think so. Some of you might, but I didn't think so. A million is huge. So billion? Oh, gosh, that seems enormous. A trillion? That number is way too big for the human mind to comprehend, so you don't care. It's like Stalin said when he was talking about the people he murdered. One death is a tragedy. A million is just a uh, statistic. You don't care. They're all numbers on a page at this point in time. But mark my words. And I'll probably never talk about this again. Oh, who am I kidding? Yes, I will. But mark my words. There's going to come a day you and I are going to look back and go, maybe we should have cared about the debt a bit more. You see, they just passed a new stimulus bill, an economic stimulus bill because of coronavirus, a new COVID bill. Of course, everything's going to be labeled COVID now. I mean, who wants to vote against the coronavirus help? And it's full of garbage. 
It's full of garbage. Here are the things that maybe apply to COVID that are in it. I know you're probably worried about the checks. Here are the rules in case you're wondering. Individuals earning less than $75,000 get $1,400 checks, as will couples earning less than $150,000. Individuals earning more than $80,000 will no longer qualify for partial stimulus checks. And again, as a quick side note, that's based on previous years. The Senate removed the $15 minimum wage. You saw even Democrat senators like Kristen Sinema from Arizona vote no on that. There was a subway in California and a bridge in New York in the bill, and those got removed in the Senate. And I do have to say, who put the bad stuff in the bill? How long have you watched this show? Probably a while. I realize we have a bunch of loyal viewers, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you. I always ask our guests this question, don't I? And we have the best guests. I have experts on, people that know way more than me about the specific issues they come on and talk about. I ask every single one, this bad part of the bill, this bad piece of pork, who put it in there? I ask everyone. I, I, because of what I do, I have friends all over the political industry. Actually, politicians themselves, people who work for politicians, pundits, this think tank person, this person. I ask everyone, who? Nobody ever knows. Nobody knows. You know, you'll get things like, well, uh, uh, probably lobbyists. Okay, which one? Uh, It was probably a, a congressman who, okay, which one? And in case you're wondering, yes, I want specific names so I can broadcast said names on your television set so you will gather all your friends up and blow up that congressman's phone line annoying him until he stops being so obnoxious with your and my money. That's why I want to know. And I think that's why I don't know. I think that's why nobody ever knows. It just gets lost in the sea of, well, lobbyist, Uh, 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 congressman. I want to know. Who put a subway in California in the bill? That's your money. That's my money. Who's spending it like that? But I'll never find out. I've almost given up. Oh, what are people saying about the bill? Here's here's this. The vast majority of economists, left, right, and center, from Wall Street to the to the private private. Uh, 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 economic uh, uh, polling initiatives. The economists, as I said, left, right, and center, say, in addition to the needs the people have, we need this to grow the economy. That if we haven't spent this money and recreated the kind of incentive for people to be able to make a good living, that we'd be in real trouble. You know, all right, what, what, what else doesn't have anything to do with coronavirus that's in the bill? Here you go. $50 million. Keep in mind as we go through this list, by the way, this is yours and my money. This is your money. This is my money. That We need to continue bringing that home. You got up today and you went to work or your spouse went to work. They spent all that time away from you doing something, maybe in a job they don't even like to bring home the bacon so you can eat, have a home, have clothes, your kids can eat. 
the government takes that money from you by force. They will put you in jail if you don't give it to them. They take that money from you by force, and this is what they think of you. This is what they spend your money on. $50 million for environmental justice grants. $1 billion for racial justice provisions for farmers. $175 million for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Oh, goody. $135 million for the National Endowment for the Arts. Bailing, he's, oh, I forgot to, oh, I even forgot to mention this. Bailing out states like Cuomo and Newsom, California and New York. We're tax funding abortion. There's, there's more things in there than I could ever list for you. But, you know, it's just debt. It's just yours and my money. And here's what McConnell had to say about the new bill. Senate has never spent $2 trillion in a more haphazard way or through a less rigorous process. They explained their intent very clearly to exploit this crisis, quote, as a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision. That's how you get this massive bill with only 1%, 1% for vaccinations. That ignores the science on reopening schools that's stuffed with non-COVID-related spending that even top liberal economists say is wrong for the recovery. Their top priority wasn't pandemic relief. It was their Washington wish, wish list. Hmm. Man, that's, that's good stuff, right? Aren't you happy about them standing up against this kind of spending, against this kind of waste? Except I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you get away with that, GOP. I, I'm not going to let you get away with that. None of you. The GOP lined up for the last four years, four years, and voted yes, and voted yes, and voted yes, and voted yes on multiple massive spending bills, spending your money and my money on crap. I'm sorry for my language. Crap. All kinds of worthless political stuff packed in those huge pork-laden bills. So let me ask you this. When do you and I get a good bill? A nice, simple bill aimed for something? Apparently never. Because if the GOP Congress is going to pass it and the Democrat Congress is going to pass it, we're stuck with this garbage forever. And don't you dare, GOP politicians, and I know you watch. I know. I hear. I get your text messages after the show. Don't you dare send me texts like, uh, uh, well, you don't understand. I had to do blank or I had to do this or Jesse, if I didn't do this, my opponent would, would kill me in the ads. I don't care. Stop texting me that. I don't care. Stand up for something for once. Stand up for something even when it's hard for once. It's easy when the Democrats have the presidency, the House, and the Senate to sit there as the Republican and go, I'm against this spending. This is outrageous. It's another thing entirely when we have the power and you can actually do something about it and you don't do anything. What have I told you time and time again? You can count on the GOP to fall on the right side of an issue at the precise moment it doesn't do us any good anymore. Oh, now you're against waste? Now you're against spending? Where you been, Jack? Where you been? Uh, Look, Elizabeth Warren's out there being honest about it, saying, hey, this is only the beginning. This stuff's only the beginning. It's Elizabeth Warren. 
She's telling you what's coming. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they're out there telling you. Look, they're, they're being public about it. We have the power to do this. We have the power to pass things. And what moral ground, what moral high ground do Republicans have to stand on now? We've made this bed once again. And now we're shocked when the Democrats lay down in it. <laughs> but no one cares. Truth is, no one cares. And no one's going to care until the whole house of cards come crashing down. And everyone's going to look around and they're going to say, well, how this happen? How this happen? Now, well, here's the hard truth of it. Talk about making you uncomfortable. Here's the hard truth of it. When that happens, you and I will both have to go look in the mirror and say, that's on me. I never demanded better. So I never got better. You get what you get. Don't throw a fit. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We've got a great show for you tonight. So allow me to end this on this note. I am not going to point fingers at you if you dip tobacco. I'm not going to do that thing that so many people, ah, oh, it's gross. Ah, you have to quit. Because I did it for years. Years. Started as a teenager and loved it. Still think about it. Still think about it. I still think to myself, mm, man, I would love a little dip right now. So when you like something like that, it's hard to quit it. Look, it's hard to quit eating melty cheese. It's amazing. You have to be able to replace it with something else. That's why Jake's Mint Chew works. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free, it's even sugar-free. It's not just a replacement. It's not just a nicotine patch or some gum or something like that. It allows you to put something in your lip. It tastes delicious, tons of different flavors. Highly recommend the CBD pouches, but it's the way you can quit. It works. If you're trying to quit, get some. If you want to quit, get some. If you have a friend or family member who's trying to quit, get them a can or two. JakesMintChew.com. JakesMintChew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That'll get you 20% off. We'll be back. You want to hear something creepy? I mean, super creepy. Kind of cool, but a little bit creepy. I'm going to tell you something. The ancient Romans. Obviously, everybody knows about ancient Rome. Greatest civilization of all time, so on and so forth. You know the ancient Romans, if they were well off enough to afford such a thing, would have a room, a face room in their homes. What was in that room? Faces. Faces of their dead relatives. People who'd come before. Oh, this was Uncle Bill. This, this, was, this was your grandfather. This was your great-grandfather. Why would you have such a creepy room in your home? Well, they actually had a purpose for it. You see, culture, what is the culture? Really, we talk all the time about the culture wars. Culture this and culture that. Fight for the culture. Counterculture. We lost the culture. What is culture? Well, it's what your society as a whole has decided to incentivize and disincentivize. In ancient Rome, if you're a young boy coming up through the ranks, seven, eight, nine years old, yep, that young, your parents would take you into that face room. Why? That's creepy, right? Ugh, dead people. They wanted you to learn about the accomplishments of people related to you. 
This is where your uncle uncle conquered the Gauls. This is where your grandpa lost an eye fighting Carthage. This is where he did this. This is where they did that. From a very, very early age, the reason ancient Rome became ancient Rome was they told their society, it was constantly being beaten in there with their eyes and their ears, accomplishment, success, competition, accomplishment, success, competition, accomplishment, success, competition. That's what was incentivized there. Go do, go accomplish something, succeed, compete, win. And they did for a long time. We, we have a sickness here in the United States of America. You see that used to be us too. Accomplishment, success, competition. Now, what do we incentivize? Whining, being a victim. Being a victim, I feel like it was just yesterday, was something you didn't want. In America, it's something people aspire to. And that's why there's always some new outrage about something. Something that you and I never, would, it would ne- we would never thought of. Why is there always a new outrage? Because that is the new accomplishment. That is the new, being a victim of something? Wow, I can't believe you got to do that. Our most powerful people in society. They'll, they'll achieve the highest of heights. Do they look down and tell everybody else, I accomplished it, and so can you. You can be anything you want to be. Nope. Our people in high society say, man, this country sucks. The New York Times, the biggest newspaper in the United States of America, the New York Times, they have a columnist. His name's Charles Blow. You ready for this? I'm not even going to paraphrase. I'm just going to read it. Quote, as a child... I was led to believe that blackness was inferior, and I was not alone. The blacks, you know what? Pause right there for a moment. I'm not going to sit here and pretend as if America has some bright and sunny history when it comes to black people. Obviously, there was slavery, which is detestable. And then after that, we had the fight for civil rights and then all these other things. Detestable. But if you were, quote, raised to believe blackness was inferior, Talk to your parents. If your parents are preaching that kind of message to you about your skin color, your religion, your ethnicity, whatever the case may be, your parents suck and they hate you. Stop raising your kids to think they're victims. I'm continuing. And I was not alone. The black society into which I was born was riddled with these beliefs. It wasn't something that most, if any, would articulate in that way, let alone knowingly propagate. Rather, it was in the air, in the culture. We have been trained in it, bathed in it, acculturated to hate ourselves. Who talks like this? Anyway, some of the first cartoons I can remember included Pepe Le Pew, who normalized rape culture. Speedy Gonzalez, whose friends helped popularize the corrosive stereotype of the drunk and lethargic Mexicans. And Mammy Two-Shoes, the heavyset black maid who spoke in a heavy accent. And... Just to clarify, I know what you're saying. Ah, Jesse, that's just one jerkwater New York Times columnist. It doesn't actually mean anything. Just ignore it. There's a new movie coming out, Space Jam. Pepe Le Pew is going to be in it because of this article and the outrage that came after this article. They cut the Pepe Le Pew scenes. (laughs) That's the problem. People love being victims now. 
love it. They live and die for it. Some idiot, some Disney cartoon we all pointed and laughed at. He was a mockable figure. Oh, look at this idiot French skunk trying to trying to make out with the cat, and the cat doesn't want anything to do with it. That's so French. We were making fun of French people. Nobody watched Pepe Le Pew and thought, man, I can't wait to assault chicks like that. Oh, and Speedy Gonzalez, I remember as a child running around the house running, yelling, Andale, Andale, Reba, Reba, because I love Speedy Gonzalez so much. Everybody loves Speedy Gonzalez. <sighs> but look, it's what we incentive. Everyone wants to be one now. The chief of the Cherokee Nation wants to be one too. Today in 2021, as chief of the Cherokee Nation, I, I am saying categorically that I think it's wrong to use our name to peddle a vehicle. For most people, uh, tribes don't even maybe seem real uh, in terms of uh, uh, their experience. Seem something in history and naming something after something in history probably doesn't feel too bad, particularly if it, if it engenders some uh, strong positive emotions. But I think in this year, 2021, we ought to be talking about the fact that tribes are still here. We're vibrant. We do a great deal for our people and our communities and that our names mean something. And they've been here a lot longer than the Jeep company and other corporations that have seized our name for profit. Mm, of course. Of course. Look, just change the name of your vehicle. Just eliminate your cartoon. Just stop this. Just stop that. Just censor this. That's what we incentivize. That's our culture now. Maybe we need face rooms. All right. You know what else we need? Home title lock. I'm not telling you to do something I haven't done. I have home title lock for a reason. Your home title, if you're a homeowner, your home title is online. It is vulnerable. Anything online can be hacked. And to hack a home title is easy for these guys. They hack it, forge your signature on it, and they can financially destroy you. It's your biggest financial obligation. It's like having a suitcase with all your money in it and leaving it open on your front lawn overnight. Go get Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up today. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 days for free. We'll be back. I, I know you're going to find this shocking, am a thoughtless oaf. I realize today it's your anniversary. And my anniversary. It is the one-year anniversary of this. So happy anniversary, everybody. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Whoa! Someone should listen to that guy. I hear he's a doctor. Joining me now to talk about that and other things, the founder of the Media Action Network, Ken LaCourt. Ken, happy anniversary, bro. Well, now I have to wear two to make up for when I didn't wear <laughs> one before. So I don't know what the heck's going on. Ken, <laughs> here's what I'm worried about. Obviously, I think that we're going to come out of the back end of this with 
untold amounts of damage. I've been very clear about that. I I don't need to rehash my position on it. But I think we're going to come out the back end of this, and I think we're going to have altered the American mindset on so many things. Some things good, some things bad. I think the absolute hatred for the public school system is the best thing in America right now. But I think Americans genuinely think they should walk around with masks all day. You shouldn't shake hands anymore, stand six feet away from everybody. And as big of a cold-hearted jerk as I am, that's not healthy for society. You should be shaking hands and hugging and congregating. That's how a society comes together. Look, this was a, uh, A, you're 100% right on that. And then, but B, the more interesting question is, how did we get here? And part of it was guys like Fauci, who are kind of in between being a medical professional and a little bit of a politician, right? You know, before he was saying, well, we had to kind of spin this because we didn't want this happening or spin this because he didn't want that happening. That was combined with the absolute adulation of, of this man by the press. I remember when it first happened, I was actually out in DC when I first heard of this guy. I was at, going to CPAC and, and there was a notion that, that President Trump was not gonna let Dr. Fauci uh, just talk. And, and I'm listening to the, you know, the AM radio and man, they went into his resume and pumped this guy up like he was, he was Arnold Schwarzenegger mated with, with, with Mother Teresa because he wasn't Trump and he was, he was seen as an anti-Trump person for a while. And that's why he was, he was revered in the press and of course by everyone with a D after their name or, or who hated Trump. Now it's like, okay, these, these, these scales are starting to fall off of people's eyes a little bit and we have to be more realistic about things. Do you think in the end this might end up with some kind of deep-seated mistrust of government institutions, which I think would be a great thing? I think by some, I think a lot of people are like, wait a second, these teachers, especially when they, when they go out and do not when they say something and change their mind about the row or the vectors or this and that, but but when a a Oakland head of a of a teachers union is railing about how kids don't wear masks and they take masks on and this is deadly, and then there's the there's the video of him taking his kid off to a a, a preschool, dropping his dropping his little 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 child off for that, you know, or or a Gavin Newsom. I mean, what hurt Gavin Newsom wasn't the fact that he shut down the the, the state in so many ham-handed ways. What really hurt Gavin Newsom was was popping up at at you know one of the most high end restaurants as everybody else was was sitting at home and told you can't go out or else you're a murderer. So those hypocrisy things I think really go into that. The higher level stuff, to some extent, but you know look there are people still running around thinking OJ was innocent. You know we 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 all delude ourselves. Ken, I have to ask you about this. You know what? It's better if I play the video. Accuser number 1000 came out against Andrew Cuomo. I know nobody's really surprised by this. Cuomo holds a news conference, announces, makes a big announcement. He's going to have a news conference. Everybody shows up, and Andrew Cuomo says this. I was elected by the people of the state. I wasn't elected by politicians. I'm not going to resign because of allegations. The premise of resigning because of allegations is actually anti-democratic. He's not going to resign. I told everybody he wasn't going to resign in the very beginning. I I don't know why anyone's shocked by this, but people don't realize how powerful the Cuomos are. Yeah, you know, I always try to keep a consistency of my own thinking on on things like this. Look, I read some of the some of the accounts and some of them were like, "Eh, they were they were, you know, they were certainly borderline creepy. 
Um, um, did they did they account to impeachable? Did they account to a crime? You know, that's where I'm 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 less certain about. I mean, what I am certain is they they kept sending old people with COVID back to go kill all the other old people. A mistake, a dumb mistake. Then they actively covered it up and tried to hide those numbers from 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 the state of, state of New York. And I think that that's. If, if I was going to impeach him over that, it'd be that instead of saying, hey, you're kind of cute. I know you're 20 years, 30, 40 years my junior, but I date young girls. Um, um, you know, I, that's still kind of a he said, she said, and I'm not willing. I'm not willing to play the game of when they do it against a Republican. I'm like, wait a second, let's look into this. But when it's a guy that I have had enough of, because, again, there was another guy that got blown up to well beyond his his own ego because he wasn't Trump. I mean, I mean, you know, he gave those press conferences. He was he was faded by like you know because he wasn't Trump. I mean, you know, he's got his own poster out. He's got his own book on how he 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 fixed this problem of 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 this. And you look at the death numbers, and you're like, okay, well, New York's a pretty compact place, but outside of Jersey, once again, uh, you know, New York is by far the worst in in the country, one of the worst places in the world. Why on earth was everybody kissing this guy's ass? I mean, except for some of his younger staff members. <laughs> well, look, my question is not about the allegations, which frankly I don't care about for the same reasons you laid out. I, 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 don't, I don't do this, even for Democrats, I don't do this. Oh, there's an accuser you have to resign. Thing. I just don't do it. Right. My question is, people think he's going to resign. I'm getting, even from the right, people think this guy's done. They think he's politically finished. I'm trying to drive home to people. You don't understand how wired in the Cuomos are, deeply wired in in New York politics. This guy has more power than the Vox writer who's calling for his head. <laughs> I also think a lot of that comes down to, to the man himself. I mean, you know, you look at the difference between... Uh, who was the light and fluffy uh, former comedian who was accused of some things, and he was like, oh, "I feel bad." Al he Franken. resigned before he resigned before the uh, you know before the Daily Beast even had to write a time to write a BS article about him. Andrew Cuomo's, you know, he's he's Cuomo. He's a street fighter. You know, when you hear when you hear certain things like him saying, "I'll ruin your career. I'll destroy you," it's like. Yeah, that sounds like Andrew Cuomo. Um, so a lot of it is that. So absolutely on the power part. But you know, look, some people uh, some people feel bad about about walking around and, and casting a shadow on the earth, and some people are are are, are predators in a in a maybe non sexual thing. But a but some people are some people are lions in life, and other people are 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 sheep. And and he's definitely the former, whether you like him or not. All right, I am less confident about Newsom. I think Newsom has a chance to go. This recall thing has gotten so big, and the only reason I'm more, um, I think Newsom has a chance to go is even Democrats, lots of them in California, seem to be either moving or really, really mad about this guy just carpet bombing his own state. But I don't want to be naive, and I know Ken the court's always there to pull me back in if I ever get too naive. Is there a chance Newsom actually goes? There's a chance Newsom goes. Um, um, I think that there's a almost certainty that this gets on the ballot and the Californians have that that chance to chance to choose. Um, you know, you look at polls. I mean, you know, every time you, looking at polls, you, you just and, and citing any poll at the very back of my mind has my 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 self-conscious saying, 
shut up and stop talking about polls. You're an idiot because, as we've seen, polls don't seem to mean anything when it comes to, or you know, they, they have such wide variability that that they're often useless. He was nowhere near as unpopular as Gray Davis was when when Gray Davis was was recalled, but he's, uh, but you know, he's he's not terribly popular. So I I think that. And look, he's he's fixing this up. Uh, you know, somehow miraculously, schools are coming back online. You can go to the beach now. You can do, you know. I I, I suspect that this whole process helped California open up a, a little bit more, less slowly than it had been. Um, but no, I think he's got a, I think he's got a chance at uh, at, at losing it. But, you know, but it could go either way. I don't want to act like oh, it's a slam dunk. But uh, as as uh, as as handsome as he is, he he might lose. Well, look, we, he and I both suffer from that. Ken LaCourt, everybody, thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you for having me. All right, we'll be back. You can see they're moving the detainees to transportation. Looks like there's a bus down the road. Uh, but you can see the, What's going on, brother? You can see the number of, uh, of them. That showed up. Uh, well, things look like they're going well down there. Joining us now to talk about that is Mark Morgan. He's the former and he's the former acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Mark. Uh, why the sudden influx? I'm a right-wing hack, so my initial instinct is to point at the other side and say it's all their fault, but sometimes that's the case. Is it all their fault? It is. And look, let's, let's, I don't want your listeners to take our editorializing. Let's look at the facts, right? So since January, 11,000 uh, illegal aliens have been caught and released. We're looking at the numbers, daily numbers have skyrocketed between 4,000 to 5,000 a single day. In the month of February, you're gonna see total flow of illegal aliens entering, trying to illegally our country to be over 100,000, 9,000 plus unaccompanied minors. I, minors, I can keep going on. And the single reason why this has happened is because of this, this administration's rhetoric and their, their, their message is loud and clear. If you come to our borders illegally, they're wide open, and we're establishing really effective reception centers for you. Mark, let me ask you something, because I, 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 I hate to nerd out here, but you're an expert and I'm not. When people hear caught and released, they're not totally sure what that means. Tell me, walk me through the process. What Released? What? Caught? Explain, please. Yeah, so thanks. I appreciate that. So so the, our, our immigration laws and systems were, were broke. And what, what the Trump administration did was give us a network of tools, policies, and authorities to deal with what was happening before. Look, if you were a unaccompanied minor or a family and you illegally entered the border, we could only detain you for a few days. That wasn't enough time to get you through the entire immigration proceedings and then remove you when you found were found to have an invalid asylum claim. And so what that meant was we, we caught you, we could not keep you, so we were forced to release you into the United States. And we know, Kelly, we know that once you're released into the United States, we never hear from you again. You either don't show up for your hearing or those that, that do, when they get a court order removal by a judge, they don't comply and they remain here illegally. 
So that was the genesis of catch and release. Under the migrant protection protocol or the Remain in Mexico, the Trump administration, we shut that down. We ended catch and release, which we ended and removed one of the biggest incentives all that was driving the crisis. If you came to the border, you grabbed a kid, you were in free. We shut it down. This administration has turned it all back on. Okay, I have to ask another detailed question. Catch, release, I understand we're releasing them, giving them a court date. Of course, they're not going to show up for that court date. Where are they releasing them? Are they dropping them off in the desert somewhere? Is this in American cities? Where are these people being released? Are they, is it an apartment complex? What? what? So that is a great question. It's a very important question for your, your listeners because I believe what this administration is doing different than any before, what I would call a cover-up because they realize they've got a crisis on their hands and they realize that we can't continue just to drop off all these illegal aliens at, at the border towns and cities. They will be overwhelmed, some of them already are. So what they're actually doing now is they're actually busing the illegal aliens further into the United States further into Texas, into cities like Chicago. It's happening right now as you and I are talking. They're illegally entering, we're catching them, we're releasing them, dropping off at local shelters um, and, and bus stops locally, but we're also busing them further into the interior United States. And Kelly, here's an important part. So we're, we, we've got a reception center that's being created at the front end to release them as fast as we possibly can, knowing they're never gonna show up for their hearing. But in addition to that, we've dismantled 90% of ICE's uh, enforcement authority to remove them once they've been here illegally. So in essence, we've created a sanctuary country, a reception on the front end and a sanctuary city on the back end, all within about seven weeks of this administration. Okay, and look, as, as everybody already knows, ICE is the one tasked with finding and removing these. What do you mean we've removed 90% of ICE's authority? What has Biden done? It's very clear, White House directive DHS memo that's gone out to the ICE uh, uh, men and women is that unless you're a known or suspected terrorist or a convicted murderer or rapist, you're off limits. You, you, you can't make it up. Let me give you an example. So if a sheriff's department, let's say they, um, they arrest a, a, a known gang member that they arrested for, I don't know, pick a crime, burglary from motor vehicle, that has also been arrested multiple times illegally entering, guess what? They're gonna call ICE and say, hey, we, we've got somebody for you, illegal alien uh, arrested for a burglary from motor vehicle. ICE is gonna tell them, no thanks. The White House has said that's not a priority. Let them loose in your country. Let them loose in your city. That's happening every single day. When you say loose, we're not we're not putting them in any kind of containment center. We're not we're not we're not putting an ankle bracelet on them. They're just dropping them off. Where do they go from there? Right back to the city where they committed a crime to just find another victim. That's the fact, and that's what's happening. Yeah, you, you're, you're right. It, it, it's, it defies all logic. And this is why, look, I've been serving this country for 35 years under six administrations, both right and left. And that's why I say this isn't a right or left thing. This is an American thing. This makes no sense from a national security and economic uh, 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 perspective for this country. And so I can draw no other conclusion that the Democrats feel that they, they, they have a perceived political value, that every illegal alien that makes their way, either they're gonna get a benefit from the census or if they can give them a pathway to citizenship, that means that uh, that's gonna equate to a Democratic vote. That's where we're here. They know what they're doing. Reception on the front end, sanctuary country on the back end, ultimately a pathway to citizenship, and that's a Democratic vote. That's where we're at. 
Mark, doesn't this create a, a guaranteed environment for a bigger problem that the Democrats would own, though? I mean, it's one thing to be some nutjob leftist ideologue who thinks we could just open the borders and let everybody flood in. But there's a reason no nation in the history of mankind has ever done, has done border enforcement this way, because your nation will collapse. I agree. Uh, I, I, that, that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm not stopping, and that's why I, I, I continue to have a voice, because I think you're right. The, the tough part is we're not going to feel that immediately, that that's a long-term impact, but that's why we keep saying, like, FAIR is a great organization, because they one of their, their, their goals and the message they get out, it's not just about how it's going to impact us in the 21st century. It's, it's that plus well beyond how it's going to impact this country well beyond the 21st century. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at today how things are going to be completely reshaped in the future. Margo, we heard years ago, this was under the Obama administration, didn't hear much of this under Trump, but in the Obama administration, we would hear things of about Chinese spies coming across. We would hear things about there were... Muslim prayer rugs, and this was during a time when radical Islamic terrorism was happening more often than normal in the United States of America. Do we hear about any of that stuff anymore? Is any of that stuff still going on, or are these all either people from Mexico or mainly people from Central America now? Kid, another great question. And look, your listeners need to understand, on the average, along our borders, we apprehend people from 140 different countries, 140 different countries, all variety of threats. This is what, unfortunately, the bandwidth people, when they think of our borders, they only think of illegal immigration, only those individuals looking for a better life. The threats we face along our borders are well beyond that. They're multi-layered, multifaceted, and very, very complex. And it's not just our Southwest border. We have borders. And there's, we must secure them. It's our constitutional responsibility to do so. And this administration is removing every effective tool, authority, and policy for us to be able to do that. And it's not just about illegal immigration. It's about that vast array of threats that we face every single day. Mark Morgan, thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate your knowledge. Anytime. I've told you before, and I mean it. It's anti-American. It's not un-American. It is actively anti-American. The Democrats' policies on illegal immigration is anti-American. It is a policy meant to bring the United States of America to its knees. It's indefensible. It, even if you're a card-carrying Democrat, have been for 50 years, what we're doing at that border is indefensible. But get what we vote for. All right. Not quite done yet. Hang on for this one. You know how I told you, move to a red state, make it redder? Look, maybe you're not in a position to do that. That's fine. But understand, while your state maybe had you wearing a mask, two, three masks hide under your bed, you want to know what they were doing in Idaho over the weekend? They had a mask burning ceremony where the children were involved. And let me tell you something. There's nothing more American than taking some garbage directive from the government and spitting in their faces with it like that. That is how you freedom right there. I thought that'd be a nice way to end the show. And I'll see you tomorrow. Newton Group Transfer. 
They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.